Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. I just want to say uh, thank you for allowing uh, my girlfriend and I to be here at Res Life. What a joy. If you were looking forward to Shannon, the female preacher, I'm her. All right? I'm the best you're going to get. And uh, I do serve Brand New Church. Uh, it's a church that we've been a part of for 13 years. Our heart, our ministry is rural America. Our campus, our main campus in Bergman, Arkansas, uh, just got a Dollar General a couple of years ago in our town of 407. It's changed my life. It's absolutely changed my life. What's amazing is, is where I'm staying here, there's a Dick's Sporting Goods and a Cabela's within earshot of each other. You guys must feel like you're in heaven. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and I know this, I love the church. I, and you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, everybody loves the church, but I'm saying I love the house of God. I'm so grateful for the house. Obviously, you do too. You're here. But I mean, I love the house. How many of you were saved in the house or maybe a ministry extension of the local church. How many of you baptized in the house? How about that? How many of you met your spouse in the house? Anybody besides me? Yes, I love that. How many of you think you're going to and she's near you? Right? Amen, yes. Thank you for all creepy people, yes. <laughs> uh, we just uh, videoed only the hands that were raised then. No, I'm kidding. It, it's amazing. I love the house. I love the fact that my son, uh, be 23 years old tomorrow, got married January the 4th, met his wife. Guess where he met her? In the house. Because when you're focused on the purpose of God, you're going to find the person of God. There's no, but I'll take a clap. I'm all over that. Yeah. I came up here to the God's frozen tundra to get clapped for. Thank you very much. No, we came to give honor to God, but I love that they met each other serving Christ. There's no bar in town that's going to bring you the right person like the church is going to bring it. I love that I get the chance to serve what Jesus bled and died for. Matter of fact, I believe this all my heart. The house is the hope of the world. Jesus could have saved the entire world. He could have built his kingdom any way he chose, but he chose to do it through the avenue, the railroad, if you will, uh, uh, with the local church. Isn't that amazing? He could have done it anyway. He could have snapped his fingers. He could have done it in so many directions, but he chose the house and I love serving the house. I'm so honored he called me to be a part of the house. I'm honored to be a part of this house. And I know that many of you love and desire to do more for the house. But I also know that many of us have lost our passion for the house. And, and, and been a little bit distracted from your passion for the house. And I know this, when it comes to the house, when it comes to brand new church, I want people to see the God that I serve and the God that I understand in scripture. And that is this, he's a happy God. I mean, how do you believe God's happy? Raise your hand if you believe God's happy. He is happy. Matter of fact, won't you just smile at your neighbor if you believe God's happy? Just look over at him, smile at him. He's happy. The reason a lot of Christians that I've met aren't happy is because they went to the church of the mad God. 
and I don't know what happened to them. They spend their entire days gazing at their navels, hoping they can figure something out smarter than God. Instead of just loving people, letting them see the happiness, the joy of God. I know there's real situations. I'm not ignoring the fact that there's problems and and reality in my life. I just know that God is happy. And when you come to church, you should be happy. You should choose that. There's no reason not to. Why? Because God is. And, and I love the fact that Jesus seemed to always be happy. Was he serious? You bet. But he was never hangry. Matter of fact, he'd just feed 5,000 people. He'd just take bread and just keep making bread. Amen? I love that Jesus is about bread. I love the fact that he is not into the low-carb diet and it's from the devil. I mean, come on. Eat some bread in Jesus' name. Amen? He's the king of complex carbs, the bread of life. Don't let your wife lie to you and say, stop eating bread. I love Jesus, the bread of life. Amen. I just helped somebody right there. Eat some bread in Jesus' name. He's happy. He's so happy, just like, we're going to keep making bread. He just kept breaking it off. And Hulu Hulu in heaven is going to be so fun. I I know we're going to be able to see all that. Again, we have challenges But heaven is going to be about no more sickness, no more crying, no more dying. And I think we need to be reflecting his joy, his happiness here on earth. And that people should desire to know more about the house of God because of your heart for the house of God. People should be drawn to it just like they should be drawn to your marriage. Say, man, that's something different about your marriage. There's something different. Why? Because Christ is at the center of it. And I know for me, I've had my girlfriend with me all weekend, and I'm happy about it. And that's all I'm going to say. And some of you are like, your girlfriend, yes, that's my wife. She's been my girlfriend for 26 years. Let me ask you a question. When did your wife stop being your girlfriend? I'm just saying, get happy about your marriage, bless God. I just love the fact that you can have guilt-free intimacy in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. Get happy about your marriage. You know when your marriage went south, you stopped French kissing. That's what happened. Why is it that you would just wear each other's chin skin off for days on end, get married, and stop French kissing? I think if you love your wife or your husband, you ought to French kiss every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you can't even clap to that. You're so mad at me right now. Like, who is this woman? I'm just saying this. People need to see that we're happy. I'm so sick and tired of stolen relationships looking hotter and more intimate than God-centered relationships. Let's have great marriages. Let's squeeze our wife's butt in Walmart in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just tired of people thinking that marriage is a ball and chain instead of the glory of God and his church. By the way, you're a part of the the marriage of Jesus. You're the bride of Christ, amen? He's the groom. We should be reflecting his glory. Listen to this. We should be intimately involved with Jesus through daily obedience. And it's reflected that way. But the problem is many of us have been distracted. Many of us had issues. The reality of life has set you back. You used to be so passionate. You were calling. You were inviting people. You were sharing. You were social media. You couldn't wait to serve. You couldn't wait to help in the kids' ministry. You couldn't wait to serve at Access. You couldn't wait to help with the student ministry. You couldn't wait to be a part. You couldn't wait to do whatever it takes. What happened? 
For many of us, just life. You remember when you used to date. You remember, again, re- relating to marriage. You remember when you used to wear Jakar Noor because you couldn't wait for her to smell how good you smelled. Jakar Noor is God's will for every man to wear. That is the king of sense of the 1980s. Amen? If you wore obsession, you need to probably accept Christ. That stuff is terrible. But you remember you couldn't wait? You even like dressed up. You remember that? You used to drive and pick her up. You remember you just, the same way it was in your relationship with Christ. But then all of a sudden, what happens? New justification. Oh, God knows my heart. I don't really have to go every Sunday. I don't really have to read every day. I don't really have to pray. Oh, I know pastor just mentioned significance. I mean, you know, somebody will cover my... Di- what happened? You know what happened? Life. You're like, Shannon, you just said that. I'm going to say it again. You know what happened? The distraction of life. Here's what the scripture says in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. And, and what's probably true of the majority of us here, we know this by heart. We may just not know that we know it. And it says this in verse 28 of Romans 8, and I will say this, my favorite chapter in all of scripture is Romans chapter 8. I believe you could live almost an entire spiritual diet off this chapter. Number 828 says, and we know that in all things, I'm going to hit pause for just a second. All things. Everybody say all things. Oh, come on, church. Come on, let's try it again. Everybody say all things. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. All things. And let me just give you a little bit of Greek so I can justify me standing here and you think I'm a Bible scholar. Okay, tense voice and mood. I'm going to parse this for you. The word all in the, in the Greek means this. Translate it. It means all. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it means. Because here's what we do, especially if you've been a Christian a little while. Well, it doesn't really mean all the stuff. Well, it doesn't really mean all. Because here's the kind of Christianity we want. We don't want an all type of Christianity. We want God to affect us where we're comfortable. And, and then that translates even to the places where we've had failure and issues and distraction, discouragement and doubt and depression. We don't really believe necessarily. No, all things do what? Look at this. All things work together. They work for the good. All things work for God, works for good of those, look, who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. The beauty of this, it says, we know, that's the truth. We know that all things, all things is everything works together. In other words, there's a solemn biblical purpose working together for God's good for your life and for my life. Not only that, for those that are called, it even says for those who love him, no, don't even know him yet necessarily, but they're in the process of coming to know Christ, that God's going to work every little piece of the puzzle for his best in and through your life. All things, everybody say all things. Now I'm going to make you repeat it till you say it like you mean it. Everybody say all things. All things work together. They're not independent of each other. All things work together for good. God wants you to understand it. And the reason so many of us get in a situation, we were passionate, we were desiring God's best, we were sharing with everybody, we were going on mission trip, we were investing financially, we couldn't wait to help in any area. What happened? The all thing. Maybe it was a marriage issue. 
Maybe it was a parenting issue. Maybe it was a rebellious child. Maybe it was a bankruptcy. Maybe it was depression. Maybe it was a clinical issue. Maybe it was a health issue in somewhere. Maybe you got burnt by church or a church leader. Maybe you were called to ministry and bailed out. I don't know what it is, but here's what I know. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. I remember, uh, and this being fitting, being uh, the opening weekend of deer season in Michigan. You say, how do I know that? Here's how I know. I was driving down, I'm going to say it was 196, I'm not positive, last night, and on top of a Ford Escape was an eight-point buck. (laughs) Not alive. It was dead. Driving down the road, the guy was just grinning ear to ear, and I was like, how'd you get that up there? (laughs) And then I realized he had a winch on the front of his, no, he didn't have one, but I was just like, I love this state. Dead deer down the road on top of a car. That is God's will. I love that. I, I sat back and I realized for, for, for all of us here, we, not all of us, but in some form or fashion, you're connected to a deer hunter or know a deer story. Well, nine years old, my dad let me go to deer camp. You may even know what deer camp is. I mean, basically we had a, a lease. It was a timber area. It was a paper uh, organization, Wirehouse or somebody owned it. And we would go and lease portion of it. And I got to go at nine years old. Well, the morning of the hunt, I was like Jojo the circus boy, could not wait to get up and go hunting. I had my own, I had a 12, excuse me, a 20 gauge, uh, couldn't wait to shoot buckshot, couldn't wait to go hunting, had my own deer stand. It was my first time. I get up and there was a sweet lady that, um, a family member of one of the hunters that was cooking that morning. And I just sat there and she's like, hey, um, good morning. And I was like, what is all this stuff? She had several plastic tubs and most of it looked like powdered sugar. So I just stuck my finger in it in one of the tubs and put it in my mouth and acted like it was good. You know, instead of throwing up right in front of her, I was like, mm, that's there. She goes, she goes, honey, that's baking soda. And I was like, mm, delicious. And then I tried the next tub and she was like, she goes, uh, that's baking powder. And then the next tub, she goes, that's plain flour. And then the, the next, I could tell that was either salt or sugar. Just in case it was sugar, I tried it. It was just a bunch of salt. And then there was a bunch of uh, their uh, butter. Now, I don't know about you, but individually, I'm not just eating sticks of butter. Uh, you know what I mean? It now, warmed up, I might drink it. I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? There's a chance I might just lick the bowl a little bit with it melted. But most of the time, we're not eating butter. And then there was one last thing that she had in there. And I don't know if this was before Crisco came around, but she had the real stuff. Oh, come on now, somebody. That even sounded Northern Lard. That actually sounded Irish. But either way, they had thank the lard right there. Matter of fact, would you do this for me? If you have love handles, just thank the lard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you've got some cellulite hell damage, thank the Lord right now. Thank the Lord. I know this. She took lard and somehow, somehow all of those individual ingredients, about 35 minutes later, guess what? She pulled out, by the way, this is not one of them, but she pulled out the most delicious flaky biscuit you can possibly imagine. Can I tell you something real quick? 
You're taking the individual moment of the tragic situation with your child, the individual moment with the tragic situation with your marriage, the individual moment where you're saying, oh, I was bankrupt and this, that, that. Can I tell you something? All God's doing is putting those individual ingredients together. And if you'll hang in there, he's making biscuits that are going to change the world around you in Jesus' name. Don't give up. It's just a marriage bump. It's just a relationship bump. It's just a financial bump. He is going to make, say it with me, all things work together. And the next thing you know, you're going to be handing out biscuits in Jesus' name. Because the bottom line is this, you don't make one biscuit. If you make one biscuit, you're the most selfish person I've ever met in my life. You don't go, oh, I'm going to whip me up a bicket. You don't do that. You don't say, oh, let me you, you coming over, I'm going to make me a bicket. You don't say that. Most people don't even say bicket, and I don't know why I am. What do we say? I'm going to make some biscuits. You know why? Because God's going to do the same thing in your life. It's not, it's the little ingredient, the failure, the hurdle, the depression, the doubt. He's whipping up, and the next thing you know, you're going to be feeding not just you. You're going to be feeding others with the testimony of God's glory. I sit back and have seen marriages renewed, lives established, people who've been in jail, in prison, people who've had huge failure and adultery and sexual sin and lost rebellious kids and they've come back. Why? Because all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Let him whip up some biscuits. Let him make something beautiful out of it. Quit giving up and don't blame it on anyone else. Just take the moment and if it's Lord, thank the Lord. Move forward with it and watch God make biscuits out of it. Now, I know what you're saying right now because I know some of you are more spiritual than God. And you automatically are saying to yourself, hey, you know what? I, I know what transpired, but what if I couldn't help it? What, you know, what if I wasn't in control of it? Well, that's going to happen. I mean, just take the story of Moses, for instance. He didn't ask to be born in the middle of a bunch of kids being killed. He couldn't control that. Neither could his mom. But what she did is she made biscuits out of a very difficult situation, put him in a little basket, floated him down the river, dodging crocodiles. Jochebed ends up, you, you know the story, takes care. Next thing you know, one situation that looked tragic turned into setting millions of people free in Jesus' name. Your story's going to be the same way. Everybody say all things. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. I mean, when we had our four children, our desire is for them to be God's glory here on earth, make a difference. But my kids have let me down. I didn't give up on them. My wife went into our youngest son's room the other day, came out. I had to give her a tetanus shot. I've never seen a room so, I mean, that thing was diseased. I didn't even know the places under his bed, the, the fast food sacks, two of the places had closed. I mean, it had been there forever. I was like, what in the world is going on here? You know what we did? We went to our son and we were like, man, I'm telling you, we, you're out. We can't have a room like this in our mortgage. How many believe that's true? Raise your hand. No, of course not. What I do? I whipped him in Jesus' name's what I did. And shut off his cell phone and, and took his wheels and tires off his car. Amen. I didn't do that either. But what I did say, isn't it amazing how we just take these minuscule moments in our marriage, like overheating the chili in the microwave and want a divorce? 
You splash the chili everywhere. I told you to put something on that. It's over. Get an attorney. I, I wish it was not true. That's what happens. But see, it's that way in our theology. We have this great big God of creation, right? I mean, how many of you believe God created the world? How many of you believe Jesus is born of a virgin? I mean, how many of you believe that God wrote the Bible? How many of you believe that he can measure the universe, as he says, with the breadth of his hand? How many of you believe he holds all of the water in the palm of his hand, as he says? 400, no, it'd be 340 quintillion gallons approximately in the palm of his hand. Y'all believe God does that? Okay, why is it that you have this great big God of theology and a midget God of day-to-day living? You're telling me you believe in the virgin birth, but you don't think you can save your marriage? You know why? Because you're focused on an individual ingredient instead of what God's going to make out of the difficult situation in your life. He can do this. Let him make biscuits. Let him make them. And, and you, you walk through this and you, and you fight it. I fight it. But God, even if it's not in your control, just like Moses' situation, is going to do something supernatural in and through your life. The, many of you are like, well, the all things, why did it happen? I didn't want this disease. I didn't want cancer. I didn't want to go through that. I didn't want the loss of my child. Why did it happen? I, I can't answer that. I can't give you the specifics, but here's what I know is true. God will give you the reassurance of his word. And God is going to bring about all things. The the scripture says this in Psalms 23 and verse number four, whatever the difficulty is, whatever the hurdle is, he says, he will comfort you in all your troubles. Here, let me give you a few more words. Philippians 419, God will meet all of your needs. Isaiah 42, 16, he will turn your darkness into light and make straight your crooked paths. How good is God? Psalms 30 and verse five, joy comes in the morning. Psalms 9, 10, God will not forsake you. Joel 2, 25, he will repay your years the enemy has destroyed. Isaiah 54, 17, I love this. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It's just an ingredient. It's just one thing. He's gonna make about the all things. He's gonna change your marriage change your life, change your family and use it for his glory. Even if you don't understand it, reassurance is coming your way. Revelation is coming your way. God's going to bring about a deeper relationship with him because you're going through that difficulty. We love, we get hurt. The only reason you got hurt in that relationship, especially in your marriage, is because you chose to love. People I don't love don't hurt me. I can't believe you hurt me. If he hurt you, it's because you love him. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful thing. And God wants you to make it through this knowing that in all things, they work together for good. Now, here's the ultimate question, and, and, and I, I get this regularly. What if I created the all thing? What if I took the drugs? What if I committed the fornication, the adultery? What if I'm the one that made wrong decisions financially? What if I'm the one that stiff-armed my child and created the rebellious spirit? What if it's on me? Let me read to you out of Acts chapter 27 that God works all things even if you create it for his good. Acts 27, which I'm in my personal worship time studying the book of Acts in my quiet time. Look at Acts 27. This is Paul on a missionary journey 
In verse 20, it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. They're on the sea, huge storm. It says, this storm continued raging. We finally gave up hope being saved. We finally gave up hope being saved. Obviously, the author inspired by God, Luke, Dr. Luke here. And it says, after they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, watch this, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. How many of you ever told your kids, you should have taken my advice? Raise your hand. If, seriously, if you ever told your kids that, how many of you ever told a friend that you should have taken my advice, right? And what's amazing is this, we've all done that. It doesn't mean you give up on your kids and God doesn't give up on you. And I promise you in the decision you made that was incorrect, God said, you should have taken my advice. You should have taken the promise I've given you. But here's what God's word says. It's so powerful. It goes on. It says, you shouldn't have sailed from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves. God knew there was going to be consequences. God knew there's going to be circumstances. God knew that you were going to have some moment, some lard moment. Were you going to have a difficulty? And Paul even said that. He said this, but now I urge you, keep up your courage. Not one of you is going to be lost. God works in all things, even when you get on the wrong boat. Jonah's a perfect example. He went the total opposite direction. He even bought a ticket to go the wrong way. God still used him to turn the largest metropolitan part of the world in that time's history upside down for the cause of Christ used him. God uses all things. He works it together for the good. And what you and I have to do when we have lard moments, when we have baking soda moments, when we have this moment where it just tastes like flour and you're like, this is terrible, it's dry, there's no good that's gonna take place in this, you need to do a few things. You need to redefine disappointment, you need to redefine delay, you need to redefine disaster, you need to redefine depression, you need to redefine if it's divorce, you need to redefine any type of doubt and say God is working all things for him his good. And I'm getting ready to hand out some biscuits in Jesus name. Everybody likes biscuits. And if you want to throw gravy on it, that's on you. I just know God wants you to see that. And so many of you are so discouraged by this one ingredient. What do we do? Can I just give you some practicum? Here's some practicum. What you need to do right now, if you want to change this all thing moment and see God's good in it. Number one is this, you need to choose to worship every day. Worship is recognizing the worth of God. It's not just singing, but I'll say specifically, I encourage you to listen to music that is edifying to your spirit and brings God glory. And I would say for it daily, I would say to buy cars with sunroofs so you can raise your hand in the car worshiping Jesus, amen? One hand, not both hands. I know some of you are knee drivers. You're gonna get in trouble with your spouse on that. Just put the hand out where here. Why is it so important to worship when it's Monday through Saturday, so to speak? Here's why. So when you come here, you don't feel like a fake. So when you come here, you're just like, man, I don't know, man, all these people all this. I don't even like the song. Well, here's the deal about the song. The song's not for you. Jesus don't care if you like the song It's for him. It's like going to your four year old niece's birthday party. And you're all like that. Here's the candles. Here's the candles. I'll sing together. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. How many of you sit there and go, stupid song? 
spoiled brat kid. How many of you do that? Raise your hand so that we can just slap you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Nobody does that. We all sing it happy. And did you know that song was written by a Satan worshiper? Not really. I made that up. But she was like, happy birthday. Why? Because the song's for the niece. Worship the, not the song, worship the person the song's for. It's Jesus. Turn on some worship. The reason you're so depressed is because you're listening to Taylor Swift all the time. (laughs) Taylor Swift's the most negative, all about me. Somebody broke up with me. Now we all know why she's always broke up. That's why you get so depressed. Focus on worshiping on who God is. Recognize his worth. Worship him in spirit and in truth. And recognize even in a difficult situation, Paul's in prison, locked up in chains. What did he do? Worship. As soon as he started worship, what happened? Acts chapter 16, chains fell off. If you want some chains to fall off this all things situation, start worshiping Jesus because he's worthy. Somebody getting crazy over here. Hallelujah. Somebody's cafe just kicked in. I love it. You know what else you need to do? If you want to get through these all things moments, here's what you need to do. Love others. Would you love somebody besides yourself? I mean, just choose to love somebody instead of raising your middle appendage. When they pull out in front of you, won't you follow them? They think they're going to stop. You're stalking them. Just follow them to the parking spot and hand them a res life invitation card. Just say, I was going to flip you off. Instead, I want you to come church with me. Hallelujah. I mean, you're driving around flipping people off. You got that Christian bumper sticker. Don't do that. Don't do that. Love somebody. And the only reason I'm making it a little bit humorous is I'm just trying to help somebody that's so selfish. Start by who? Loving you. You know the reason you fail to love others? Because you don't love you. Did you know you're fearfully and wonderfully made? God loves you. He thinks you're the best. Zephaniah 3.18 says this. Yes, that's a book in the Bible. Look it up. Zephaniah 3.18 says this. It says he rejoices over you with singing. Love yourself, then love somebody else. Choose to love somebody else. Here's another thing. Get to know God. Read his word. Read his word. I mean, every day, get up, read his word. People ask me every time, I don't even know where to start. Book of James. I love it. It's Jesus' half-brother. I just think that he's kind of writing, obviously inspired by God, inspired by the Spirit, led by God, but I think he's got a little tent of a bunk bed. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on top bunk, Jesus on the bottom. He's like, how come you don't ever get in trouble? He's just like, oh yeah, consider it all joy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I just think he's got a little thought in there. Read the book of James, five chapters. It's so practical. Get to know God. What's crazy is this, we have so many people that say we love God, we're Christians, and we don't even know who he is. Let me make this practical for you. I I enjoy working out. Matter of fact, my wife would say positively, I believe, that I enjoy it so much, I'm kind of addicted to it. I mean, I just don't miss workout. I stopped eating lunch. It's something about pastors and eating lunch. And for some reason, I look like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man as soon as I started eating lunch every day. Matter of fact, my wife saw me and I was in our bathroom. I was drying off after the shower and, uh, and my wife looked at me. We got bad lighting in there. I don't think she really knew what she was seeing, uh, but I'm drying off in there. And she's like, babe, you know what? I, I think you're made for CrossFit. What? Are you saying I'm fat? No, I'm not. That's what she was saying. So for four and a half years, I've been doing CrossFit. I mean, I'll show you a picture sometime if you want to be truly inspired. I mean, it'll inspire you, I promise you. 
And so I had a buddy of mine and he was like, oh man, yeah, I CrossFit all the time. I love CrossFit. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. I want to go with you sometime. I said, okay, how about Monday? So we get there. He shows up. I put 95 pounds on the bar. So we're going to do 60 thrusters, three sets of 20. Let's go. About thruster number 16, I heard him in the men's room going, Bleh! I mean, just blowing. I was like, I take it he doesn't do CrossFit very often. And what's crazy is we call ourselves Christian. Most of us don't even read the Bible. We call ourselves CrossFitters and we don't even pray. Matter of fact, we, we don't even go to the gym. so to speak. I had someone the other day is like, man, I want to go on that mission trip with you. I said, would you start by just working in the nursery? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I just feel I've got a heart for Thailand. Would you just serve our nursery? Mm, not sure about the nursery. <laughs> I'm just saying, get to know God. If you want to move past the all things, serve somebody, serve somebody, be obedient to what God's word says. Let me give you a practical level of obedience. There's 10 biscuits in here. Well, there's nine. I lied. I'm sorry. 10. I stole one out of here. These biscuits smell delicious. And what God says in his word is this, that we are to bring the tithe. Now, you have the opportunity to give over and above the tithe. Because I believe the tithe opens the windows over and above determines how much comes out. I just believe that. And you get the opportunity. What's crazy is this simple act of obedience, wanting to move past the all things, wanting to go next level with Jesus. Nod your head if you're with me a little bit. What's crazy is this. God says, you get nine biscuits. I just want one. And you know what's crazy? Today. You know what some of you did? Oh, Jesus biscuit is awesome. You ever tried Jesus biscuit? Now, I know I get nine, but I'm just going to eat Jesus biscuit too. It is amazing. Somebody give me some of this butter. <laughs> I mean, come on. Isn't it amazing that somehow we justify eating Jesus' biscuit and not giving the tithe? You know why you don't want to give heart to the house kingdom over and above? Because you're eating his biscuit. Why are you eating Jesus' biscuit? I know what you're thinking right now. She's going to swallow that. <laughs> and the answer is yes, I am. Don't know when. And matter of fact, some of you are just so embarrassed for me right now that I am swallowing this. And you know what's so sad? When you get to heaven, you're going to be so embarrassed you stole his money. Why would you eat his biscuit? Are you, are, are you serious? You get nine and you ate his today? And by the way, they're all his. The other day I went to Wendy's, which was what every minister that loves Jesus goes. I mean, who doesn't want a square meat patty? <laughs> Love square meat patties. Why aren't they all square? My son said, hey, I want some French fries. I ordered the biggest thing of sea salt fries ever in the history of the world. And my wife had me on some weird don't inflate diet. And I looked over at KJ. I said, give me some of your fries. I said, just, just give me a couple. He goes, Dad, these are mine. I was like, dude, I just bought those with my money, with my account. Give me a fry. And he's like, they're mine. And what's crazy, you do the exact same thing. You'd rather give more to your mortgage company than you would to Jesus. 
Nothing wrong with having a mortgage, Joe, Mr. Sammy. I'm just saying you got nine biscuits. What do, you, what do you want? What do you really want? Do you want to overcome these all things or do you want to keep playing games? Today's the day. You used to be passionate. You used to not eat Jesus' biscuit. You used to couldn't wait to serve. You used to couldn't, what happened? The distraction, the depression. Today's the day to get set free. You used to be romantically involved in your marriage. You used to call your wife your girlfriend. You used to go on dates. I was just telling pastor, we have three of our children have their birthdays in November. Three, and you know why? Because I'm Mr. Valentine. I, I just saw someone go, hey, boy. Yes, it's nine months of gestation. Yes, that's what happens. Mr. Valentine's right here. And you know what? I still date her. I still call her my girlfriend. What happened? What happened? What happened when you were so in love with the groom, Jesus, you couldn't wait to meet with him every day? What happened? The ingredient that got you sidetracked, God wants to let you see today that he's making biscuits. Head bowed and eyes closed. Here's what I want you to do. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to stand to your feet with me. Don't look around. Don't move. Just every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want to give you a very clear, practical moment to realize that all things work together for good. That God in the distraction, the depression, the debt, the loss of the job, the, the rebellious child, the, the health situation, whatever it is, that God wants to work it for his good. He wants to give you a fresh touch. And we're gonna talk more about that tonight at five o'clock, how what remains God's gonna bring about and bring glory in your life. And you don't wanna miss that tonight as well. But what you need to do right now is if you want a fresh touch and you wanna see God in all things, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your business, your finances, whether it's your service to God, whether it is your tithing, whatever it is, I want you to do something for me radical. I want you to get from where you're standing right now, come to this altar. Because if you want what you've lost, you gotta go back to where you left it. Many of it was right here at this altar. Just leave your seat right now, I'm gonna pray for you. Just come right down here to the front. Just bring your spouse, just make your way right here. I'm going to pray over you and we're going to continue to go forward because you know there's something that's distracting you, something that's discouraging you. I love this. I love this. I love seeing a husband bring his wife. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And if you're looking at me right now, it means you need to be down here. So come on. If you're, if you're standing there and you know you don't need to be down there, just bow your heads and close your eyes and pray for the so many that are coming. Come on down here. Get close. Let's go. We're going to pray and believe. We're moving past the thing that's distracted, discouraged, depressed us, giving us doubt. We're ready to be refreshed, seeing that all things are working together for good. Come on. I'm waiting for you in the balcony. I love that. Come on. That away, husband. I love seeing leadership. I love it. Come on. I'm waiting for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to give a moment where they can feel comfortable to move. I love that. I love that. Come closer to me, those of you that are right here. Come on. Let's let everybody get in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We could even have some tissue for these that need it. I love it. Hallelujah. Come on. All things work together for good. God's changing it right now. Whatever the situation is that's held you back, you used to be passionate. You used to be excited. You used to have it. God's working it. It's just one ingredient. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting on you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting for you. Come on. I'm waiting for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just be praying for these that are coming. I love that. I'm waiting for you. Awesome. 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 I love it. Amen. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on. I love this. I love this. I love this. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to the next level. We're not playing games anymore. I love it. I love it. I'm waiting on anyone else. Don't need to wait on you. Come on right now. Bring her with you. Come on. There you go. Anyone else? Every head bowed and every eye closed except for these standing here at the front. Would you look right here at me? You ready to be refreshed? You ready to see this little ingredient is just an all things moment? You ready to see a refreshment in your relationship with Christ? Maybe it's your marriage, your children, your finances, your health. If you're with me on that, nod your head. I love it. I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, thank you so much for these that have surrendered this moment, this act of faith moving forward towards you. I just pray, God, that you would move toward them and that we would see marriages revived. We would see relationships rebuilt. We'd see new reassurances. We would see people who are finding you in the area of doubt and depression, being relieved from it and seeing you change their life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would understand it's just an ingredient and you're making biscuits to change your name in every situation of their life. Bring yourself glory, Lord Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.